social worker, educator, therapist, author, founder of Resilient Young Minds, Inc. I'm passionate about serving and developing at-risk youth into resilient ones while coaching adults through their healing. This podcast is my way of honoring youth and adults who have overcome their trauma while still inspiring others. I am the ultimate social worker, and this is the Our Stories Podcast, where your resilient story matters. Take away the pain, take away the hate, take away the damage, and feel here with another episode in a new season of the R Stories podcast. I'm so excited because this season we're talking about traumas that impacted us through relationships, through our social circles and our social settings. And I'm so excited because we have a good friend of the kingdom here with us. He's an artist. He's a, a preacher in his own right. Um, and an amazing friend and brother in the kingdom, HD, with us. So let's give a round of applause for him, HD. <laughs> Tell us about yourself um, and why you decided to speak on our stories with us today. Well, um, first of all, my name's High Def Tone. Some people call me HD. Actually, I'm giving my whole little spill. My name's <laughs> High Def Tone. You can call me HD if you want. If you lend to me your ears, I find my way to your heart. Um, real name, Aunt Patton. And um, I wanted to speak on our stories because I think it's important to tell, I think it's important to one to tell our stories, right? As an artist, that's what you're doing most of the time is you're telling stories and you're trying to inspire, uplift people. And, um, you know, just connecting with Simone over all this time, it's, it's kind of crazy how long it's been, but um, it's, you know, we've always had like good conversations and we want to do things to advance the kingdom and anybody trying to do something to advance the kingdom, man, I'm, I'm here for it. So. Yeah, that's dope. So um, tell us, tell us what you do. Tell us what you do a little bit about yourself, where you're from. Okay. Um, so originally from Philadelphia, born and raised um, on the playgrounds, like the <laughs> Um, so I'm a, I'm an artist, I'm a writer. I, um, I work with women that have been incarcerated and impacted by the criminal justice system. Um, as my daytime gig, I also help people with like workforce development and, and things of that nature. But, um, at, at the core, I'm just like a curious, creative person that is trying to um, 
understand life, understand God, grow, heal. And um, I also am a, a leader of a, a young adult and millennial ministry at my church. Um, and I've been doing that for teaching Bible studies and things like that for maybe like three years now. Um, so I've been all around the place doing everything I can do. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love how like you have all these different layers to you because I feel like I could relate to the different layers, like how like what your day job is. You that's you work with people, you help people in in rough situations. Right. Like working with women that's incarcerated, that's that's a tough mental job. Yeah. I, <laughs> I already could understand because as a social worker, I, I've worked with that population, not solely, but you know, you you when you work with kids wherever their parents land, that's literally like where you have to go. Um, so that's that's a tough job mentally. And then like I could see how music can be an outlet for you, and I could see like that creative side and like um I do. Well, I won't say I do music, but I sing from time to time. <laughs> yes, so, you do. Modeling, right? You know, like, so it's like I, I can understand and relate. And I'm the singles leader at my church. So look at that. Right. That makes sense. Um, because I felt like a very great sense of, like, support from you. Mm -hmm. Like, it's back and forth. And it's like, it's almost as if we kind of have the same vision when it comes to um, what it is to be a single Christian uh, young adult now, right now, and like just changing the narrative or what that looks like and being okay to follow all your different giftings and talents and stuff. So I just thought that was dope um, to highlight because I didn't know that about you. Look at us. <laughs> all right. So talk to me. Why don't you tell us what your most traumatic experience? I know I'm jumping right into Jump the right in. Like, yeah, we just get right to it. Um, <laughs> tell us what it is, but I want you to think about it in the context of you know social relationships. Um, over the last year, like I went through a lot of things personally, but at the same time, it forced me to like connect more with people. Mm -hmm. And I kind of had like this weird, like judgy, like attitude towards people. Like I'm very driven and motivated. And it's like when I'm around people that talk, but don't do it's it's a trigger. So this season I've been forced like to be around people that I would assume, you know, is not as ambitious or is not as serious about things. And I just learned that I had so much in common with them through tra traumatic experiences. And I realized there's so much in the Black community specifically that have experienced similar traumas in families or in churches or, you know, in all these different social groups or clubs that we associate with. And it never really gets talked about because it's almost like, well, that's how it is with those type of people or that's how it go with them. You know what you got yourself into. So, and it's almost, it's like, it's a cycle that continues. So, this season, I'm just feeling like we, we I just want to be in the cycle breaking season within starting from my family. We did a big, um, we made a big uh, jump in progression. I moved out, got a house with my mom. She's moving to Connecticut, like grandma, like that was a whole big thing for me. 
and it's just like okay like now this is this is this is how we do it this is how we break in cycles so now I'm just like okay how how can we go back to the uh community and even in the kingdom and, mm. and start breaking cycles in different areas because that's just the family side but there's other cycles you know this church hurt this 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 uh sorority and fraternity hurt i'm a part of that too like you know when you think about all the different social settings um there's hurt there so what would you say is your um social trauma that may have impacted you um in your endeavors or how you thought about people or decisions that you made no absolutely i mean obviously um there's a, pl- a bunch of different things that i could kind of pull from the one I'm going to use is um, the church setting, because I think it just informs how I how I do everything I do in, in that world. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's still it still is limiting. And I feel God like actually pushing me to like to re-see in uh, how I engage with people or mm-hmm. and it's not it's not like what I realized all right so let me let me kind of unpack it a little bit so I've been in situations where I was um like really moving forward in ministry doing certain things um and let me uh, let me do it this way because I'm trying to make do this as 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 gentle as possible but there's sometimes you have people who are in leadership right, who are responsible for the people of God, and um, depending on where that heart is, it can kind of create unbalance, and you can have people who are um, being victimized, being ostracized um, by people who are in power, who are supposed to be the people who are leading us, and guiding us, and counseling us, right, mm-hmm. and um I've been in situations where that's been like mishandled and and I'm not talking about and to go into further detail I mean just being kind of misled in terms of this is what this is what you're what we're saying we're doing but we're ultimately really not doing that thing or it's not playing out the way in which um it was first intended and I don't know, I don't, I don't, for me, I, I think I spent a lot of time trying to figure out, well, where did it go wrong? Was it always wrong? Was it, was it just like some, something, something happened in their personal life where now all of a sudden that started moving that way. But um, one of the last instances, cause I had it happen to me twice. And in both of those instances, I was away from home. Like I literally packed up, moved everything and was like, full-fledged doing ministry full-time like going hard in a whole different state um and and doing traveling and when when um when those things kind of came to be and rose to the surface you know you kind of feel you feel displaced and I know people who just experienced it on like oh I was going to a church and I got and I got church hurt and I, and it's not to try to um, say who's who's hurt is is more traumatic, but not having a family connection, mm-hmm. um, not having like a, a location connection, and just being kind of totally out there, 
um, it, it makes you look at everybody different. Like, I mean, for a while I was looking at God different, like, yo, what's going on? Like you had me out here looking crazy. Um, and you just let me know how much detail you want me to give. Yeah, tell the story. What happened? I'm I wanna know <laughs> what happened. Cause I was like, okay, he moved. I'm hearing you talk about multi-layered stressors. And I'm hearing, you know, talking about transitions. And that's been a word that's been coming up for me a lot lately. Mm -hmm. The underestimation of a transition and yeah. what it takes in the process of a transition. So please continue. Tell us how did what happened. All right. So um I had moved back to Dallas. I was like in and out of Dallas, Texas for a while. And I moved back to Dallas started going to a church and um you know it was a it's it's funny and weird how the way things happen I was going to this church and at first I'm like man I don't know if this is really where I'm supposed to be at but I keep on going back um and then things just started kind of changing like the culture of the church started changing and started transforming and it just seemed like we were going in a in a direction where I was like I think I might this is where God wants me to be at um we had some new leadership come in and I started getting into roles I'd never been in before. So I ended up being like an armor bear for a little bit, um, which was, I think that's when I first started to see like little things where it was like, oh, this is kind of, this is kind of crazy. Um, like one, one time, for instance, I was getting ready to go on a trip um, somewhere and the way everything was set up um I was the only person who could help my um my pastor at the time get dressed because he had like special um like priestly garments or something <laughs> and um I'm like I'm on my I already they already knew I was leaving but something happened where they was just like oh you got to help him come and I was like all right so mind you you know how the airport works like you got to <laughs> be there at a certain time or you're playing so anyway, I'm dressed to go to the airport. Like I got on a like Adidas tracksuit, sweatpants or something, some sneakers. And I come in because I'm just like, bro, like, let me help you get dressed so I can go do what I got to do. And like, he didn't even let me touch him. Like the way he looked at me was like, oh, okay, never mind. I'm going to figure I'm going to find somebody else to do it. And it's like, <laughs> yo, so you don't realize that I just rerouted my whole day so that I could be here and then you're gonna really tell me I can't do it and this is like I'm telling you this is like the smallest part of it mm -hmm. um eventually I end up becoming and this is like just all of it is crazy so um leadership and our covering they ended up it was around a time when everything was happening in Ferguson Missouri mm -hmm. so they end up going out there and they needed someone to like kind of take the reins of the church so I end up becoming like senior pastor of the church, right? Wow. I know, crazy. Um, and I mean, over that time, I mean, the whole we, we like totally revamped the culture of the church. I mean, I was, I I was kind of iffy about it at first, but you know, I just pray, right? And I felt God was like, "Go ahead, do it." Um, I mean, we were seeing a lot of great things happen. Make a long story short, um. We ended up, we kept growing, kept thriving. They ended up coming back. When they came back, um, they started like changing the, the branding and, and some of the things that we were doing in the church. Um, 
And in hindsight, I didn't recognize what was happening, but it was almost like they made a derivative of what I was doing. And then was like, oh, you gonna be the person who is like in charge of all this stuff. So like any ideas that somebody, someone would come to me and give me the idea or give me like, oh yeah, I wanna do X, Y, and Z. And then I would just branch it, like brainstorm it, elaborate it. Um, we end up moving. So this is when everything really starts to happen. We end up signing contracts. Um, <coughs> excuse me, at the time I was teaching high school and um, we end up signing contracts that we were getting ready to be working for the church, getting paid salaries, all these kind of things. We get out there, start doing the work and <clears throat> it's just taking a long time for things to kind of get set up. Make a long story short, I mean, we didn't have, we had like a little bit of income. I mean, obviously we had some money when we were moving out there, but that money ran out, ended up having to pull money out of my retirement. That money ran out. They were like, they wasn't letting me work. There was a lot going on. Um, and eventually, you know, I'm praying to God about it. And this is kind of the thing that makes it interesting is because God was like, yo, like he started showing, teach, like walking me through stuff in Proverbs and was just like, what I want you to do is I want you to be quiet mm. and the stuff I need you to see. And when it's time, I'm going to get you out. But it's stuff that I need you to see. I need you to hear stuff I need you to experience because this is what's going on and happening in churches all across the America and all across the world, maybe. Right. And <clears throat> I mean, it was difficult because imagine going from being in the place where, um, and I'm not never really about like titles and ranks and positions and stuff. Cause I really yeah. don't care. Like the only thing that really matters in the kingdom is that you the bride, like all those, all those other titles, like they really don't even matter that much. Mm -hmm. um, but imagine going from being in a place where you like really seeing God move and bless people's lives. And then you go to a, go from that place to being like, small being ostracized and um we went from having church and stuff all the time to like not even having church you know what I mean um so when we finally got out of there it was it was like something off of a movie because I mean we didn't really have any income and I mean we were going all I mean if I tell you all the places we went within like a year and a half just traveling around like vagabonds like we was like the children of Israel in the wilderness for real I mean, we was like in St. Louis, in Chicago, in Wisconsin, in Buffalo, New York, in um, Elizabeth, New Jersey. So what were y'all doing at each place? So at some of those places, we was like actually connecting with ministries and seeing if we were getting ready to try to build, right? It's, it, would, it would be weird because I would have to go in and make the presentation, right? So I'm going and making the presentation. I'm connecting with the people and like, it looks like we getting ready to do whatever it is we said we was getting ready to do. Mm -hmm. um, and then something would happen in the conversation that it would get passed on to. And next thing you know, it's like, oh yeah, you know, they're not, they not, they don't want to move forward anymore. And I'm just always like, what, what's going on? That people don't want to move forward. And um, come to find out a lot of it was because of like this monetary commitment and stuff that they were asking for. And really it was stuff they were asking for to, so that we can be kept afloat um, because we were like 
you know, literally running out of money. At one point in time, I mean, we were literally like, like in hotels and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I had like a whole credit card maxed out. Like when I got out of there, I have I had like, like nothing. I had to restart all over again. So when you talk about like trauma, um, and and transitions, like there's a bunch of transitions that's in there. Like you go from, I'm just, I just want to go to church and praise God. Right. You go from doing that to then like having to lead people. And then I think there was like a a bit of guilt because I didn't know all these things were going on. And it was people who were gone because I'm not going to say they were gone because they were following me, but I felt like, you know, I have influence. And I think when you have influence over other people, and people regard you or they, you know what I mean, respect you in a certain kind of way and they see you doing something, it makes them also, they may be, be more inclined to do it. I'm not going to say people didn't seek God for themselves. I'm not going to say yeah. that because I think everybody had something that they could have learned from that experience. But I mean, me personally, the way in which I try to handle people now and the way I care about people now is totally different based on that experience mm. right like um that's why I kind of have the real conversations I have even when I'm having it with like other believers or with my group because I want to say those things that people are maybe not afraid or maybe afraid of saying maybe don't feel comfortable saying and like there's so much like sometimes as leaders you can try to be so controlling over what's happening that you're not letting God flow you know what I mean because you just trying to like you trying to control the narrative and like I really just want to get out the way and let God say whatever he want to say or do whatever he want to do um because that's the most important thing like it's nothing I realize there's nothing that I'm going to say that's more important than what God want to say right right like when God show up he's going to start to heal and, and do all those things. So make a long story short, um, <clears throat> even in that midst, like I was, I was married at the time. So that's like even another stressor. Mm. Um, like when we, when we finally got out of that. So your wife was with you traveling yeah. to all these places. Wow. And yeah, we were, have- we were running the church together before oh, they, okay. when they came back. Um, and so like, not too long after that, maybe a, maybe a year, nine months after that, like we ended up filing for divorce. So, I mean, wow. that was a point in time where everything that I had, every label that I had in my life was like gone. So I went from like being a pastor, a teacher, a, um, a leader, a husband, you know what I'm saying? To like just being whatever, like just trying to figure it out. Um, And I think, you know, that took a lot of, I think what God was really trying to do in that experience um, and a lot of the healing that came from that experience was me rediscovering myself outside of all those things. Because most of the time we are so attached to the thing Mm -hmm. and like, that's where, that's our identifier, right? Mm -hmm. And, um what God wanted me to see is like, yo, even without all that stuff, even without all these titles, like you are who who you are. I mean, at one point in time, I was 
actually um just ministering on just on YouTube because I had I got all this word in me. And it's like, <laughs> uh, I don't have nobody to say share this with, but I know that this ain't for me. So mm-hmm. I would just like make videos and put them up on YouTube or um so like everything that's that's happening right now is just like a blessing because when it wasn't in the audience, when it wasn't anybody who was paying attention, um that's where I learned like that I had the capacity to keep on doing it. So whether people pay attention or there's an audience now, it doesn't necessarily matter as much because I know like that that's what God's trying to do. You know what I mean? And he's trying to use what he put in me for, you know, his purpose and for his glory. And I just rock with it. Well, thank you for sharing that story. That was a lot. And you added the latest layers on the end. So now I have to like attack some of those layers. Like I can't let some of those layers just pass by. Oh, it's good. So you yet yeah, the transition. Like, cause me, I know how I am. And once I go somewhere and you telling me you ain't got no money for me, and I gotta start going into my retirement and my future, I'm ready. I'm I'm ready to say exit stage left. Right. So, what was it about that whole scenario that you felt like it was worth it? How did you keep yourself motivated and keep your faith strong in whatever you were chasing after was God telling you to chase it because you lost everything, right? So yeah, you got to break that down for me. I want to I want to be there with you in the moment um because so um so because I had a similar experience to this before I wasn't in in any of I guess like this one was like a magnification of the first one okay and then the first one I kind of like I let my hand I let it I just let it go and I was like yo I'm not doing this right Mm -hmm. and I think when I finally when I finally like came back to God and stuff, I realized that what I was supposed to do was I wasn't supposed to stop. Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds, that sounds crazy, but it's like, I wasn't supposed to stop. You read all these, these, these people in the old Testament, especially I was just reading about Joseph again the other day. And like, Joseph, (laughs) these dudes lives were crazy. Like, you get called, you get anointed, and then you go somewhere to go and endure something crazy. And you, you like, yo, is the thing that you told me <laughs> will ever happen, bro? Because we 20 years in. And, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't see what you said was going to happen. Like, so, and I think what people think about Christianity is mm-hmm. they think that Christianity is like, uh, they think that everything's going to be easier. Mm-hmm. Have this this idea that when you when you when you come yeah. to Christ, everything's going to be easier. And for in in certain aspects, is one hundred percent true. Like things are easier, but in terms of the making process, like when you understand that, um, whatever you're called for, whatever you whatever those promises are, like you have to be equipped for it. Yeah. Um, 
So some of the good things that happen, and, and this is just kind of the, the funny, the irony of it, mm-hmm. is there were so many things in my life that I, that I wanted to do that I, I'd never done at, at that point. So um, like designing websites and uh, editing video and utilizing like graphics and PowerPoints, like I was doing all of these things. I was learning all of these skills that mm-hmm. I use on an everyday basis right now. Right. So like I could look at the situation and be like, oh, man, I, I lost everything. I, I didn't gain anything, but like I gained so much. Mm-hmm. And I know this sounds weird, but I don't know if I would have learned. I, it was like trial by fire. It was like, here, figure it out. So I, and I did. I figured it out. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I feel like I really did gain a lot in the experience. But I want to have to go through that just so I can gain these kind of things or just so I can know how to lead people or be effective. Absolutely not. I would definitely choose a different route, but that was the route that I had. And um, because I left prematurely last time, it was like when I came back, I really felt what God was doing was like starting the clock. It was like, oh, yeah, let me just catch you up to where like it was a commercial break. He was like, oh, yeah, this is what you were really supposed to be doing. You was really supposed to be leading these people. Because I, even in the last situation, it was like God started talking to me. and was like, yo, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. I don't know why he'd be doing that to me. I just want to mind my business, bro. Like, I just want to go to church and mind my business. You keep on going, look at this right here. And then I got, I feel like he'll put it on me so strongly that then I got to say something. Mm-hmm. And once you step out there and you say something, people are either either going to like hear you or like hear the message, or they're going to be like, well, we, gotta, <laughs> "Gotta, we gotta figure a way to um to to take this to you know what I mean? Like it's it's weird yeah. that it's like that, but it's just the nature of man, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. I, I just want to say it was God's strength because it was mm-hmm. times where I was like, I'm about to be out. Um, but then I just started, I remembered like, no, you're supposed to be here. It's something you're supposed to see. And when mm-hmm. God started showing me that, it gave me endurance and it just made me, I just got on a different kind of prayer life, different kind of study life. Like it just, it was like, I wouldn't even be physically there because I was, I couldn't. You know, it's even like if you, if you were talking about like, greek situations like you can't be yourself in in those arenas like you're it defies your own logic your own logic is like nah i'm not about to do this but like (laughs) you gotta be you gotta be in a whole different frame of mind (laughs) you know what i'm saying to to be like all right i'm about to it's different you just it's something else in your in your and your brain is just you hit a you hit a switch and right on go right I, I I totally get it it's so funny because I wrote down tolerance and endurance while you was talking and then you ended up saying it um because I I understand what you're saying like the experience not from a, a church perspective but from a work prof- perspective I feel like you just like summarize my last couple of years at work like to a t like I was thrown into a role sooner than I should have been in it 
then I, you know, was thrown into, I get thrown into roles. I get promoted before I'm prepared in my, mm. I, I, I'm always in situations where I'm promoted before I believe that I'm prepared. But then when I end up in the positions, I realize that the people that are in leadership, they have no ideas to what they're doing. And this is why they promoted me because they saw that I had the capabilities of possibly taking it somewhere that they can't. Mm-hmm. And I think there was like, what's the word? Maybe like an insecurity or even an expectation that I was going to be mentored mm-hmm. when I got the promotion. Like, I think that could be like a flaw that I have, like, or maybe because I'm passionate about mentorship. I just feel like in the kingdom, there's just a lack of mentorship. And that's what's like causing more and more traumas and more and more hurt and more, you know, questioning God. Like it's because it's like, it's, it's, there's no mentorship to like explain these things, these spiritual experiences that you go through when you're growing in the Lord and like, you know, things that you're going to have to face. They may not know to a T, but you could sense it. Like you said, you were, you felt like you were in the wilderness. And it's like, at the end of it though, it's like, my faith has increased so much more like my confidence has increased so and then it's just like wow now I do see the purpose in all of this and in my situation I have to go back <laughs> I have to go back into that space but now that I'm in it it's more of like I know who I am I know what my assignment is and I know how to address it accordingly and I don't have to feel overwhelmed or stressed by expectations um because I realized like okay God got me here so when he's ready for me to leave like I'll leave so you could say you know you have an issue with a b c and d but if it's causing me anxiety if it's causing me stress I'm gonna just not do it because that's I don't feel that's not part of my assignment anything Mm. that's a part of my assignment is gonna come and flow naturally if it's not it's not and you can't take me out because he he already proved to me that he's going to take me in and take me out of places. Because the last job I was at before this one, I hated it. <laughs> and then I had to humble myself. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to just ask God, like, why am I here? Like, show me why I'm here. And I needed that experience because it disciplined me in worship. It disciplined me in prayer. Mm-hmm. And then when I came to this crazy place... <laughs> All I had to lead on was prayer. I had little prayer meetings, you know, with the, the the people at the job in the morning and different things. And it's like, wait, now I'm looking at it, even though it was like a whole storm and foggy place when like, you know, it clears and you see what you, you were actually doing. And it's like, okay, I'm building up a leader. I'm building up a leader in my kingdom. And there's some trials that need, you know, you need to be going through. The other day, it was so funny. I forgot. I think we were, I was in John or something like that but it was about Jesus and it was I was thinking about every like uh miracle he did um and how he was gathered he had his homies you know because you know I never been married so I'm single single terminologies all the way so he had his homies or whatever and I was just thinking like every homie he acquired in a sense it's like each time they heard about him, they heard what he was able to do, but yet they still wanted him to prove himself. Mm. 
And I was just like, that's like where I think, you know, sometimes the frustration gets, it's like, I worked so hard. I did so much. And now like, you're asking me to do more. Like, haven't I already like proven myself? Like, why do I need to continue? Um, you mean you feel like that with, with other people? Or you feel like that, like with God? I feel, no, like, I feel like that with like, other people like like a boss or a mentor or someone above you but thinking about why God would want you to be in that situation or why what is the lesson in being in that situation um yeah that's what I that's that's so I that's what I got from that whole experience but the way you described it I was like wow why does this sound so familiar like this is the last two years and I work at a school <laughs> but it's like it's just they don't have they don't have no money the kids can't read you know adults are unhappy like it's 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 scary it's a scary place um to work you know you got kids coming in talking about the type of issues that they got at home and it's like I could call ACS but I think that'll make it worse <laughs> you know so you it's a lot of those type of decisions and I realized doing that work even though I wanted to do it so bad that I don't think I would be able to do it and keep my mind together without having a relationship with God an active relationship with God yeah yeah, I, I and I think, you know, you read scriptures about how you're going to be a light on the hill and the salt of the earth and all these things. And I think sometimes we think that that's just like flowery words. And mm -hmm. then you realize, no, no, you really, in order <laughs> for you to be a light, you got to go into some dark places. Mm -hmm. Like a light, like uh you know, Jay had a line where he said something like, you're a candle in the sun. And it's like, what's that? That's purposeless, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, it's the sun. It's nothing brighter than that, right? So you're light here. And this is where we want to be, though. Like, we want to be in these very comfortable places where it's no challenge. Mm -hmm. And I, and yeah. it's because we have this idea that Christianity that is going to make everything easier. So yeah. when we see the conflict, um, we start questioning, like, God, are you here? Are you with me? And, yeah. you know, um, it was some sermon I was listening to the other day. They were talking about Jesus when John baptizes him. Mm -hmm. and, it's some, and, and when it says, and Jesus was carried by the spirit into mm -hmm. the wilderness to fast for 40 days. And you... It's like, wait a second, you just had this great introduction. God's like, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And you know, the heavens open, this Holy Spirit yeah. comes down, descends like a dove. Yeah. You like, oh, it's go time, baby. We about to go out here and do all types of miracles. And the first thing that happens is now nah, you about to go ahead in this wilderness and you about to be tempted of the devil. Mm -hmm. Like, no, we're not about to do no miracles. No, we about to, you about to get proved. Mm -hmm. And it's not because I don't think you're capable. It's so you can know you're capable. Yes, yes, yes. Right? Like the 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 yes. thing about it is one of the biggest things that I learned in that experience was that I was like the engine. Mm -hmm. Like most of the ideas and stuff, it came from me. And when I realized is like, 
no nobody uh that let me just say it this way i realized that god gave me an ability to to like expand vision yeah right to um or to like listen to someone else listen to like what their heart wants to do and be able to make it happen yeah and i realized that like that's the gift and that Mm -hmm. he was really showing me that's the gift bro like and you're gonna use this everywhere Mm -hmm. and when i started being able to hone in on that then i was like oh so wait a second so i really i got the sauce (laughs) like so now where where it doesn't matter what happens because I can always create and being able to create is like I feel like it's one of the closest thing to God's nature is being able to create because that's what God does like he God's you know you watch God create and it's like I can create anything out of anything right you know what I mean like he's he starts you know you go in the old testament and hear him just flexing like I can make a river in the desert (laughs) I can make a way in the wilderness like this is what God is saying like Mm -hmm. I'm gonna make it happen and it doesn't whatever is around me it's not gonna stop me and um I think even to be able to have like a sane mind to be able to go back into like a church environment and church setting I think that's like that's the grace in the in the in the power of God because I didn't want to go nowhere near church. Mm. I just wanted to go into a church, go home. I didn't want to get caught up in nobody's like mm-hmm. nothing because yeah. it's like that's when stuff started getting crazy once you get in the mix. But you know, God's still healing healing certain things and like kind of letting me know like sometimes I have expectations like if I do this or I say this, somebody's going react this way and man he just got me in the body right now or part of the body right now where I'm blessed because I I'm allowed to be who God called me to be and Mm -hmm. I think that's like so important for us to to thrive and I'm like fostered in that yeah I'm saying like I don't have anybody holding my hand per se but I think I don't have anybody holding my hand because they can see what I can do right and they kind of like give me that freedom and that autonomy to be able to move. Yeah. And if you know something is crazy, somebody gonna say something, but I don't do nothing crazy. <laughs> so, <laughs> nobody really can say that. So that's it's true. a blessing. That's what's up. That's what's up. So you know, I gotta ask the last layer is the relationship. So the faith is so strong your prayer life is so strong why didn't the relationship withstand if god is the center um i think it kind of goes back to what i was talking about in terms of conflict Mm. and you know we think everything is going to be easy and i know that was that was definitely times where i was like this should be easier Mm-hmm. Um, and it just wasn't I think at the time my emotional maturity like comparative to now like mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't have a high level of emotional maturity mm-hmm. um, 
and being able to, I mean, even being able to verbalize, right? Like even being able to say, I'm feeling like this. Yeah. I I, I struggle with doing that. So I want I at back then I was one of those people, I'm like holding all these things in. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like you may ask me a question and now I'm giving you a whole, I'm giving you all the things that I've been like holding in or something may happen. Now I'm getting ready to give you all of it. Mm-hmm. In this one little section, it's like, really, you were just asking me about <laughs> A, B, and C, and I just gave you the alphabet, dog. <laughs> this is what you need to know, though. Like, you need to know this whole alphabet, because this is what's really making me mad, right? Um, and I, I think it's so important, um, like, relationships with your significant other and with your spouse are, are so important. And it was definitely times like where I, I was a first time everything. I was like a first time teacher, first time pastor, first time husband, right? Like all this stuff happened within like six months. Transitions. So I'm trying to juggle all of this. And I didn't have anybody who could come alongside me who was like, who could tell me how to prioritize it. Because mm-hmm. especially when I started taking over the church, the church became number one. Because I'm like, if God is the head of my life, like then this mission is number one. And I'm not understanding that the first ministry that I'm that I should have is to is to my family. Right. Like if if any if I'm if anybody's like getting the most of me and getting the best of me, it should be my family. It shouldn't be like my family is taking the scraps. Yeah. Right. So I mean. There was just a, a lot of stuff that I didn't know at the time. Um, and, you know, things worked themselves out accordingly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just, it's like a learning, it's a learning experience. Yeah. Just like everything else during that time. But um, speaking on relationship, did you feel like y'all were equally yoked? Um, in the sense that we both, um, we're believers when we started. Yeah. Um, but you know, in, in a whole bunch of in the I'm not gonna say a whole bunch of you other areas. Really answer but... my question. You said in the sense that we were both believers. Yeah. Does yeah. that necessarily mean mean that right. you're equally young? And that's and that's what I'm that's what I'm talking Oh, I'm about. sorry, you ain't gonna get there. I apologize. <laughs> and, and the reason why I'm saying it like that is because sometimes we we have this idea where it's like, oh, you know, you you believe Jesus, you believe, I believe Jesus, great, good, we good, like, whatever happens now, we can build on it, and that's not how things, that's, that's like a, that's not a mature approach, right, you need somebody who's able to, um, like, with all that stuff going on, um, I mean, I know it was definitely times where I felt like, man, I don't have somebody who's able to, like, rock this thing out, with me in this kind of capacity yeah um and it wasn't it wasn't like it's just about understanding what someone let me say this first because I think this is probably the most important part is I didn't necessarily know what my um my stuff was Mm -hmm. so it's hard to be it's hard for me to be able to have the discernment to know what I'm going to need my partner to do when I don't even know what I do. And even if I did know, I was probably, the stuff I didn't know, I was so insecure about it that I didn't feel strength in it. Mm -hmm. 
right? So all those things are like, all those things play out um, in your role. So being equally yoked is like important because it's not just about you sharing the same belief system with someone else, but it's about like really having someone who can co-labor with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Jesus chose all of his disciples for a reason. Yeah. And there's some that we hear about and there's others that we don't, right? But he chose all of them, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it was some that was like super close to him. Like you got the sons of thunder, like they super close to him. Like they the, they like the inner, inner circle. Yeah. Some of them were, were you know, doing handling other things, but you got to know your personnel. Like I say that all the time now like you gotta know your personnel like you have to know the people around you and what they can bring and what they what they can't right because if you know what they can't it doesn't mean that they're at a deficit it's just can they learn it right right is it a a skill that they can acquire Um, acquire that skill do they have a desire right and you can't make anybody do what you want them to do like a lot of people in their relationships with the goal of I'm going to make no you ain't you can't make you right right? like you I can't make me do something let them know I'm getting ready to try to make some other nah that ain't you you about to waste a whole bunch of time and energy (laughs) and I think that that was things that both of us was trying to were trying to make the other person do or be and I don't think we had the desire to 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 be those things. You know, ultimately that's what it kind of came down to is we we recognized we didn't have the desire to be those things that we thought we should be, you right. know, uh, to one another. Yeah. And um I mean after that after that crazy experience um you know, she didn't she no longer really wanted to like walk with the Lord you know so that that was like the biggest determining factor was really that it's just like I'm like I don't know you know what I'm saying I don't even know how to how to handle or approach that after that like I'm willing to do all that other stuff but like with that it's just like yeah, <laughs> I don't know what to do with that bro like yeah thank you for sharing that like that that was that was good that was a gem that you just <laughs> <laughs> not really um because I feel like that's the season that I'm experiencing or going through when you're realizing like oh well I'm realizing all the things that I enjoy doing and then it's like hmm. now I know like okay if you don't believe in God no not even if you don't have a relationship with God are you active in you like now my questions is like woo, it's so different because it's like now I have a better understanding of not just what I want, but what I need in another person and like being upfront and clear about that instead of leaning, I think the single community at times leans on the air of loneliness a little bit too much and it distracts them from the actual practical uh, things that they need in a relationship that was meant for them to help both of them achieve whatever you know, purpose that they were supposed to achieve together. I think people don't really think about, from what I hear, people don't think about like 
what's the purpose of the marriage or that you're trying to enter to what's God's purpose for it as well because there's purpose in that too absolutely so definitely thank you for sharing and bringing that to like and it's coming from a male perspective so I'm excited about that (laughs) (laughs) you know I keep man I keep it real because I mean when you when you're leading people especially like in our demographic that are I mean, if, if, I, if we're being frank, man, people are tired. Mm-hmm. Like emotionally, people tired. Like, yeah, it's cool doing all this stuff. But like, man, sometimes you just, you like you said, you err on the side of loneliness. And it's like, man, why I got to do all this by myself? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, and I think if you don't have those, conversations like I tell people man it's a lot you have to think about when you consider in marriage and like if you I think it gives me a a different vantage point because I've been there so I know like what how I know how I was thinking and I know how like if you think if you're thinking that way like that's not the way to go like don't think that way you need to be thinking this way right and making better decisions and better choices just so that you can it could be something that's sustainable because marriage is hard whatever people like it's hard mm-hmm. and I think we're thinking so much about it's hard because it's two different people and I don't think people take that into consideration you're not going to have everything in common Mm-hmm. And I think people, especially listening to a lot of what is going on on like social media and, and stuff, you listen to people and they're talking about like, if something doesn't serve me, then let me explain something. Like, <laughs> If you take your relationship with Jesus, because you're supposed to be married to him, right? Mm-hmm. You take your relationship with Jesus. If every time you didn't serve Jesus, Jesus was like, you know what, Simone, I'm done with you. You know what, aunt, I'm done with you. Guess what? Yo, we wouldn't have no type of salvation. That's a fact. Right? So, like, if you're if you're following along that, I'm not telling you to be in no crazy situation, but if you're following along this whole, like, self-serving, like, where in the Bible does it talk about serving self? Mm. You're not going to really find it. Like, not in no good way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so you, you really have, it's like a lot of stuff, like, you can't, a lot of culture... And I think we have a responsibility not to allow the culture to impose their beliefs and make it norms for us. Because then we walk around like with cultural norms instead of what Jesus is calling us to be. And if that's your first ministry, that's going to look jacked up because you got so many other things in in your sermon, so to speak. Yeah. That's what's up. But thank you so much for, for sharing it. So you kind of hit all my points, like you really flowed. So I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> so thank you. So I would like to give you an opportunity though to kind of just share about what you're doing, what you're up to, um, if we could um, drop your handle so we can follow you. And also if there's one thing that you wish someone had told the younger you, um, that would have made a difference for you what would that one thing be all right the one thing that I wish somebody would have told me um 
when I was younger is that you have growth is about change and healing a lot of people think that growth is just about moving forward but sometimes in order to move forward you have to go backward like you have to heal some of those things you have to heal some of the narratives that you taught yourself about yourself or that somebody else taught you about yourself right um and and that's not like a one day one week thing sometimes it's going to come up and it's going to be triggered by certain things it's going to be things you think you overcame and it's still there and you're trying to figure out oh man what am i doing like why is it still here because it's layers to it when and understanding that life works in layers and it's it's different you know it's like a tree you cut a tree and then you start seeing all the rings because it's all these layers of growth and expansion it that has happened to it and um although we're living it on like this finite straight line the way we it's not it's not like that it's 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 very dense it's very it's very much a lot of depth into it um on a positive note or i guess on a more uh advertising note um i've been quiet because i've been working um got some things hopefully hopefully 2023 just looks crazy because <laughs> um, there's some projects that hopefully will be touching the streets um there's there's something big that i'm in the process of developing for i mean i wanted to start in i'm in baltimore right now so i wanted to start in baltimore but man if god has his way we're gonna be everywhere like um and i just i just want to create platforms for the people of god that are creatives to create um i just want to create a safe space and a safe haven for that because there's so many people that are doing things um and they may not be church things Mm -hmm. or when i say church things i mean like they're not they're not an usher (laughs) they don't read the announcements yeah Um, i'm saying they're not like they might not work the cameras or whatever the case may be and it's like it has some people feeling like they can't that they're not doing anything for the kingdom. Mm. And what I want to do is kind of create a space where people can, they can bring their skill set, they can bring their talents and, um, you know, feel like they're, that they're advancing the kingdom. So a couple projects on the way. Um, Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm excited because I'm in a different place. I'm in a different place. Hopefully y'all get, I'm, I'll just drop some just because it's going to put more pressure on me if I there actually change the names. So Sweet Sixteens 2 should be on the way. Yeah. Um, a full length album. Right now it's called The Late Bloomer. That Ooh. should be on the way. I like I the titles. <laughs> um, the, uh, I'm working with my group. Um, we're called Together. We should have a project on the way. Okay. Yeah. We should store should be revamped, launching. Should be some 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 interesting things in 2023. Awesome. Um, That's dope. I'm excited to hear when you go on tour. I hope I catch you this time. For real. <laughs> I might have to just pull up, get you a personal 
I was like, no, man, I'm sick. But I, I know that the people I gave the tickets to enjoyed. Yeah. Um, they had an amazing time. That's what's up. So before you go, I would like to bless you with a prayer. We're not going to do the question because there's no time for that. But right. you, you gave enough spice in all the different areas. So you, you did good. You did good, friend. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Father God, I just thank you. I thank you for being you. I thank you for being a God who is all-knowing and all-seeing and a God who's intentional, you know. Thank you for being the God who, who sees every single one of us, for being the God that will leave the 99 just to go after me, Father God. I just thank you for who you are. I thank you today, Father God, specifically for my brother, Anthony, Father God. I just lift him up today, Father God. Thank you for, for, for going after him. Thank you for choosing him, Father God, to do your will, Father God, to create spaces and create opportunities for people to feel comfortable, Father God, to feel free to love you, Father God. Thank you for using him, Father God, to go into the places where other people may not go, to speak with the, the people in the world that, you know, people in the kingdom may not really want to speak to, Father God. I just thank you for the blessing that he is, Father God. Father God, every endeavor that he has on his heart and his mind, he mentioned a few of his projects, Father God. I just pray that you bless him in Jesus' holy name, Father God. I pray that your hand is in it, Father God. I pray that it will continue to touch hearts, Father God, that it will save and break chains and break generational cycles, Father God, break break cycles of church hurt, Father God, break any um, pain that people are going through, Father God, that they'd be able to turn on one of his records, Father God, and remember who you are and be inspired, Father God, and perhaps reach out a hand to you, Father God. Father God, I pray for uh, his family, Father God. He didn't speak much of it, Father God, but we know that he's not as close in proximity to family, Father God, and I just pray that that connection strengthens, Father God, and that it remains unbroken, Father God, and that you cover his family from the crown of their heads to the sole of their feet, Father God, that they still be a, 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 a place where he can lean on, Father God. Father God, I just thank you for being a strong tower, Father God. I thank you for always making a way, and I just thank you for, for bringing people um, into our lives that are like-minded. I thank you for bringing Anthony into my life, Father God, just to have I, someone to bounce ideas off of, someone to understand and relate to, Father God, because we know where two or three are gathered. Father God, you are in the midst, and I just thank you and I lift you up. In Jesus' holy and mighty name, Father God, I pray that he has an amazing 2023, Father God, that every blessing that you have with his name on it, Father God, that he receive it in Jesus' holy and mighty name, I pray. Amen. You are most welcome. Thank you for stopping by. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. So privileged and honored kicking the whole season off. Yes. Come
Hey, resilient peeps. I hope you enjoyed this month's episode of the R Stories. If you are blessed, please subscribe, like, and share our podcast on our YouTube channel, The Ultimate Social Worker, as well as on Apple and Spotify podcasts. We want to hear from you, so don't forget to comment and tune in next month for a new episode.